chapter 14, John chapter 14. Another thing I'd like to ask you to pray about and, and just seek uh, God's help with and just pray for wisdom for me and uh, my family, for our, the, the leadership here at the church. Um, here in the next couple of months, we're going to be starting up some uh, ministries in particular for the, for the children of the church. And I uh, want to make sure we're doing things as God would have us to do it, not to force anything. But be praying that uh, as we start to move forward in a few of these areas that the Lord will give us wisdom in those things, we'll have the right people. Um, it'll be something that'll be helpful to the families of the church and we want to be able to help every age group in this church and we, we have a lot of a lot of children here now that we want to help and we want to be able to have something for the children that are going to be coming in just be praying for us as we're making some decisions here uh, keep that in your heart and mind we'll, we'll be uh, addressing some things here shortly about that but keep that in your prayers but John chapter 14 and uh, we are continuing this series on prayer. I'm thankful that first, just a couple weeks ago, we looked at a church that prays. And we saw a church that prays has God's power on it. And uh, a church that prays together and looks to the Lord and has that uh, desire not to do things our own way, not to do things in our own strength, but to do things with God's help. And that won't happen if we are not looking to God and if we are not dependent on God. And last week, just a simple uh, passage we looked at together the Lord gave us an example of prayer and he didn't give that to us just to quote it didn't give it to us to take it for granted he gave it to us as a pattern for biblical prayer and I hope that was a help to you and a reminder of, of just maybe a couple aspects of your prayer life and what should be there maybe what was missing and uh, today we're looking at the thought of praising praying in Jesus name praying in Jesus name and and when we close out prayer you'll often hear people say in Jesus name or in your name, or sometimes they just say amen. I believe the most biblical way to pray is to pray in Jesus' name and to specifically say that. And, and you may say, what's the big deal? If I'm praying to God, he knows that, and he does, he does. But he's also instructed us on, on how he would like us to do some certain things. And, and hopefully after we finish this tonight, this is just a, a topical study we're going to be looking at tonight. And um, you don't know my preaching style extremely well, but I, I like to be able to go through a text. Tonight we're going to be all over the place again, and, uh, but I know this is what God has for us. But praying in Jesus' name. Look here at John chapter 14 and verse 13 is where we're going to begin. John chapter 14, verse 13. It says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name... I will do it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to, to learn from it, God. And I pray that as it's open tonight, Lord, our hearts are ready and receptive, Lord, to learn whatever, whatever it is you have for us to learn, to receive what it is you have for us to receive. Lord, speak to us. Uh, use this, God, to strengthen our prayer life. Lord, just be with every member of our church, those that are here, those that are not able to be with us tonight. Uh, we ask that you just bless us in a special way and give us what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, it was inauguration day for the local state government in the state of Pennsylvania. And there was a new state representative named Stephanie Barowitz. She was invited to deliver a prayer at the beginning of the legislative day. And she was a freshman uh, representative there in the state. She didn't know, any, know too many people there, didn't have too many connections, but she was excited as a newly elected representative and a, pa and a pastor's wife there in the state of Pennsylvania and gladly accepted the invitation to pray to begin the legislative day. And 
By chance, the state's first female Muslim lawmaker was scheduled to be sworn into office on the same day. And there were many Muslim visitors in attendance, and, and on the agenda for that day was not only a prayer by Stephanie Barowitz, but a Muslim prayer uh, because of the Muslim that was being sworn into office that day. But it was not the Muslim prayer that made the national headlines. It was the prayer of Ms. Ms. Barowitz that brought headlines about because she prayed in the name of Jesus Christ several times. And a quote from her prayer, she said, Jesus, you are our only hope. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Jesus, that you are Lord. The Muslim woman was named Movita Johnson Harrell, and she was sworn into office after the prayer. And not to our surprise, her and, and her fellow Democrats were a little upset about the prayer that was prayed before she was uh, sworn in. They called it demeaning, degrading, Islamophobic. And they said this, they said it blatantly represents that Islamophobia that exists among some leaders, leaders that are supposed to represent the people. I came to the Capitol to help build bipartisanship and collaborations regardless of race or religion to enhance the quality of life for everyone in the Commonwealth. That was another representative, state representative, that said that. The governor of Pennsylvania got involved and he said he was horrified by Barowitz's reference to Jesus being the only way. A House Democrat leader named Frank Dermody, he said the prayer should have been more inclusive and inspirational. And he said, this morning on a very important day, a day when we're swearing in a new member, the first Muslim uh, in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives in history, there was a prayer that was not meant to inspire us. And they said the prayer that was prayed was beneath the dignity of the house. Ms. Barowitz was made national news. She was invited to many different radio stations. And, and she said, as she was being interviewed about this, she spoke at the state house and she said, you can see scriptures as you stand up there and pray. You know, there's a scripture there in the wall of the state house that says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That inscription is there in the house chamber. And she also said, it doesn't matter who I'm standing in front of, I'm standing for Jesus no matter what. And as Christians, that's the same thing for us. We are standing for Jesus. And he's the, he is the only way. Another detail of that is, is she's prayed in Jesus' name, and a few moments later, a Muslim prayer was offered. Three Quran verses were quoted. But there was nothing negative said about a prayer made to Muhammad or any Muslim scripture being read in much the same way of, of the original prayer. So the question comes, why can't a Christian pray in the name of Jesus and another religion can't pray? Why is one offensive and why is the other not? The reason is there's power in the name of Jesus. And it's offensive because of the power behind it. Satan is, Satan is not opposed to any of those other prayers. He's not going to get anybody else upset uh, over, over those prayers being prayed. What he is going to be upset is the name of Jesus being lifted up, the name of Jesus being prayed to and his power being taken advantage of. He's not, he's not going to support that and there will be fighting and there will be uh, many negative things said about that. You know, so many times in the Bible we read in my name or in Jesus' name or in his name. We can look in the Bible and we find uh, story after story uh, evidence after evidence of the power behind his name. The devils were powerless because of Jesus' name. The demons were cast out in Jesus' name. Healing occurred in the name of Jesus. We are to baptize in the name of Jesus. We are justified in his name. Everything we do and say is done in his name as Christians. It should be. 
So specifically tonight, praying in Jesus' name is what I want us to focus on. You know, Jesus, in, in his word, he invited, he urged, he commanded us to pray in his name. And as we do that, has provided and promised results. So as, as we look at our text there in John 14, there is a remarkable promise and one that seems too good to be true. And they tell us whatever we ask, if we ask it in the name of Jesus, he will do it for us. It'd be a hard thing for a promise to be broader than that. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. You say, well, pastor, that doesn't always work, does it? You know, our promise and the problem we have with this promise or the lack of um, results we see through this promise is not with the promise but with the condition. What does it mean to truly pray in Jesus' name? As, as we first of all look at this, we need to see the importance of names in the Bible. You know, today in, in America, names, and really around the world, names don't mean as much to people as they used to mean to people. The name Jack, uh, Joe, Bob, Buddy. There's not a whole lot of meaning behind Buddy besides I was a junior and I was a, in a line of a lot of Leonards and I've been named Buddy since I was about two years old. There's not a whole lot of meaning besides that, but just to make it easier and I just looked like a Buddy, I guess. Those names, many names today, don't automatically mean a particular message about who a person is, what they do, who they are. But as we look in the Bible, and we look in the Bible times, it was much different in those days. Names in the Bible, they often represent the, the character, personality, origin, the destiny of different people. We can look at the Old Testament. Jacob means cheater. Nabal means fool. Peter means rock. What about the name of Jesus? Lord means master. Jesus means savior. Christ means anointed one sent from God. So when we pray and when we call out in Jesus' name, we are declaring and recognizing him as the master, the savior, the anointed one sent from God. Names meant something in the Bible. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus' name means something. Names also represent authority. You know, many years ago in England, if an arrest was made, people, it, the authorities would say, stop in the name of the king. We, could, we can look at maybe some old westerns or old cop shows, and you may, hear, may have heard someone say, stop in the name of the law. Why did they say that? Why would they say stop in the name of the king? Why would they say stop in the name of the law? It's because the officers had no authority in themselves to get anyone to come out and open the door. But when they knocked or when they came, when they operated in the name of the king or when they operated under the name of the law, they were claiming full authority of the government or on, on whoever's name they were using. So as we pray in Jesus' name, we're not praying in our own authority. We're praying under the authority of Jesus. You know, I'm reminded if we look in the word of God for examples on this, we can look at the story of David and Goliath. And when we look at the two people and, and analyze who they were, there was a drastic difference between David and Goliath, wasn't there? Quite a big difference. One was strong and powerful. One was experienced. One wasn't. One was a shepherd boy. But as we look at how it's David was speaking to uh, Goliath, he said, Thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield. Those are pretty threatening things. He came with authority behind those things. But then what did David say? But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. 
Goliath was coming in his own power. David came under the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, David said the difference in our, in our size, our strength, our experience doesn't matter. You're coming to me in your power. I'm coming to you in God's power. And David claimed God's authority on his side. And armed with God plus one smooth stone, he killed Goliath. Names, the names represent authority. They also represent a person's reputation. Remember as a, as a, as a boy, my, my dad wanted me to make sure that I understood the importance of the last name Himes. And I needed to live a certain way where it would remain respected. At a grand, at my grandfather was uh, a long career man in, in the Marine Corps. And the name Himes meant something to him. And he taught my dad that. My dad taught me that. The name Himes meant something. It, it, it meant our reputation. And when someone would say Himes, he wanted it to mean something good. You know, last week we looked at the Lord's Prayer. And as, as Jesus was praying to his father, what did he say? Hallowed be thy name. To hollow something is to treat it of being of great worth. We hollow God's name when we treat it with the respect it deserves. And if we pray in Jesus' name based on who he is with his authority, we, we pray that way in order that his reputation might be enhanced, might be enlarged, might be, might be seen in this world. His name means something. You know, if I, if I went to the bank and I went and, and had a withdrawal slip and I asked them to give me $1 million, I would be suspect to some investigation, wouldn't I? Unless there's something I don't know about my bank account, I would be very subject to investigation. The teller would maybe laugh a little bit. When they stopped laughing, I'd probably be asked to step out of the line or I'd be asked to leave because I don't have a million dollars to my name or anything close to that. Now, if I went back with a check made out to Buddy Himes in the amount of $1 million, signed by a man named Mark Cuban. Once the bank determined the signature was real and the, and the check was, was, was not a fake, I could get money because the name Mark Cuban is the name of a billionaire. If I go to the bank in my own name, they'd laugh at me, but if I go to the bank with the name, under the name of Mark Cuban, they will honor it and give me the money. You know, Jesus has literally given us access to his name. And as we use his name, we are confessing that he is mine and, and that we are his. It's like going to the bank of heaven knowing I have nothing deposited. And if I go under my name and if I go under my own reasoning, my own authority, I have absolutely nothing. But Jesus has given me unlimited funds in the bank of heaven. And he's, and he's granted me the privilege to, of going to the bank with his name on my check. And if you're a Christian, he's given you the privilege of going to the bank with his name on your check. That name means something. That name has authority. So as we understand the name of Jesus and as we understand the importance of the name, what does it mean for us to pray in the name of Jesus? What is it to pray in Jesus' name? When we pray in Jesus' name, first of all, we acknowledge Jesus is the only way to God. Book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. What does the Bible say about us? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned in what? I'm short of the glory of God. We understand as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. We can't attain heaven on our own. There's nothing good in us that can get us to heaven or attain righteousness. But because of Jesus, 
And because he is the way, we can have confidence. That, that word, that Greek word for that means boldness or freedom to come to the very presence of God by virtue of his blood. Acknowledging Jesus is the only way to God. And as we pray in Jesus' name, acknowledging Jesus is the only way to God, there is, first of all, a confession of our, of our own unworthiness. As we go to Jesus, we're not, we are not to pray in our own name or come in our own authority. We, are, we notice it while we pray in his name, we are unworthy of approaching God on our own. But because of him, we can approach him. So it's a confession of our unworthiness, and it's a proclamation of Jesus' worthiness. We are unworthy. He is worthy. We're unable to reach him on our own, but because of him, we can have access to. And the Bible says we have redemption through his blood. Not of ourselves. We have redemption through his blood. It's an acknowledge of, of our unworthiness, of his worthiness. It's an acknowledgement of what Jesus is doing for us, what Jesus is doing for you at this very moment. What is he doing for you right now? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Another verse saying the same thing, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What is he doing for you? As you acknowledge his name, as you pray in his name, it's recognizing he is making intercession for you at this moment. By the offering of his own blood, he has made a way past the veil to the throne room of God. In the Old Testament, that thick curtain was there and it separated the holy place from the most holy place. Only the high priest could go and enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. When Jesus died, when, when it was finished, that thick curtain was there, it, it was rent in two. And God's presence was made available to us. And because you are united with him by faith, wherever he goes, you can go with him. Every time, every time, every, every prayer we pray needs to be given in the name of Jesus because he is the only reason we have access to God. Without Jesus, we can't get to God. And those who pray in the name of, of Krishna or, or Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, Mary, they do not have access to God through those names. God is not in those prayers. The only one who can bring us into the presence of God is, is Jesus. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy, there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And if we don't go to God through him, we, can't, we won't make it to him at all. Jesus is the only way to God. That's the first thing. Second thing, when we pray in Jesus' name, we not only, we not only acknowledge that Jesus is the only way to God, but secondly, we acknowledge his name is higher than any other name. Two times on Sunday we looked at the book of Philippians chapter 2 and referenced that, that those wonderful verses there when it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and, and, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name's above every name. And as we pray in his name, we, are, we should be acknowledging his, the, the, the highness of his name. Acknowledge that his name is exalted above any other. How important is the name of Jesus? We looked at that quite a bit already. God, God himself exalted Jesus to the highest place in the universe. The greatest name in the universe. No one can be compared to him. He stands alone. 
He's a category unto himself. It's the greatest name of all. And as we pray in his name, we are acknowledging that truth. His name's higher than any other. The third thing, as we pray in Jesus' name, we admit our name has no power, and all the power is behind his name. After all, if you could answer your own prayers, why pray? That's why, that's why we don't. If we are truly praying, we are admitting our total dependence on God. And as we pray in the name of Jesus, we are admitting or acknowledging total dependence in him. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We need to be totally dependent on him. And we need to pray in his name because there's no power in any other name to answer our prayers. Fourth thing, when we pray in Jesus' name, we're submitting to his will. Because it's only his will that is good, acceptable, and perfect. Turn to, turn to Luke chapter 22. Hold your place here in John 14, but look at Luke chapter 22. Just a few hours after he gave the promise we find in, in John 14, <coughs> Jesus is there speaking to his father, praying. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he's agonizing in this prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Three times he said that. Three times he prayed that the cup of suffering coming might be removed from him. And obviously three times God told him no. So Jesus did ask his father if he would remove the cup from him. But then what did he say after that? Each time that he, he, he had this question, he, he then added to that, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's Jesus, the name with all the power, praying that. And if Jesus had to pray that way, do you think we need to pray that way? If Jesus had to pray, Father, not my will, but thine be done, do you think it's important for us to have that same attitude in our prayers? You know, if, if we're truly praying in Jesus' name, we are submitting our will to his will. Just as, as Christ submitted his will to his Father's will. As, as we pray in Jesus' name and we recognize this truth, submitting to his will, we are saying, Jesus, I want what you want even if it's different than what my flesh wants. And when we pray that way, we, we, ask, we can ask whatever we want because we are submissive to the will of God. An old, an old preacher said once, ask boldly but surrender completely. It's okay to ask God for things, but as, as long as the most important thing to us is that God's will be done in those situations. You know, Jesus' authority rested with the submission to his Father so our authority rests with our submission to him. What God wants is more important than what we want. God's will should be more important than our will. And to ask in Jesus' name is to ask according to the nature of God and the, and the, nat the nature of Jesus, excuse me, and his nature to his Father was submission. You know, a preacher said on this thought, he said, prayer is surrender. 
Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch a hold of shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not us pulling God to our will. As, as we truly pray in Jesus' name, we are pulling ourselves to his will. Where we are seeking him to help us find that his will for our life or seeking us to, to come to that mindset he would have us to be at. He, he, he tells us there that we need to ask boldly but surrender completely. Praying in Jesus' name is praying for his will to be done because that's the most important thing. So we've already covered four of these things. As we pray in Jesus' name, we're recognizing, first of all, he's the only way. Secondly, his name is higher than any other name. Third thing, our name is, is, has no power. His name has all the power. Fourth thing, as we pray in his name, we are submitting to his will. And the fifth thing here, when we pray in Jesus' name, we're asking that God get the glory through the answer to the prayer. As we pray in his name, we are, we are seeking him to get the glory for whatever he does in that prayer. Let me get back to our text where he says there in verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? For what purpose? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. The number one purpose of our prayer should be to bring glory to our Father. To bring glory to Him. That's exactly why Jesus came to earth, isn't it? To bring glory to his Father. That's exactly why God created us. What does the Bible say in Revelation? We are created for his glory, for his pleasure. You know, Jesus came to glorify God in his obedient life through his sacrificial death, through the, through the resurrection and the victory over death he had. You know, to glorify God means many different things. One of those things means to enhance the reputation of God in the world. What, what, what do we find over and over again in the Old Testament that all the world may know, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel? And as we pray and as we seek God to do great things in our life, it should be prayed not for selfish, selfish purposes, not to fulfill our own needs, but for the will of our Father to be fulfilled. And as he works in his power, he gets the glory. His name is, 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 is recognized as a high name. So as we pray in his name, recognizing his will is more important, recognizing his name is better, recognizing our name has no power, his name has all the power, we need to love Jesus' glory more than our own glory. And recognize that's much more important. I love the 115th Psalm, I, I read it uh, last month on a Sunday morning. It says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy. And for thy truth's sake. What are, we, what are we commanded to do in the word of God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? That's the most important thing. And knowing that, when we, when we pray in Jesus' name, when we pray with this mindset, everything else we need will be given to us. You know, Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus. I, I want, I, my desire is for God to do some great things here in our church. 
for God to use each and every one of us for his glory, for God to use each and every one of us to reach people, to, to bring people to him, for, for, God, for God to use us as, as, as parents, as people of influence, for the, for the children of our church to grow and to know Christ more and to, and to be what God wants them to be. And, and, I, don't, and I don't want to, uh, success to happen in my family or, or spiritual success to happen in my life or, or great things to happen in this church for, for, for Buddy Himes. I, I, don't, I don't really want it for, uh, just, just for my kids. I, we, I want it. I seek it for God to get glory. For people to be pointed more to him by what he's doing in, in our individual lives. That's why we should be praying. That's what we should be praying for. That's the mindset on how we seek God. Not for us to be lifted up, but for him to be lifted up. And in doing that, as, as we pray with the right heart, as we pray in his name, as we recognize there's nothing, nothing special about us, but only thing special about him will continue to minister in a spirit of humility. As we pray in his name, we are seeking him to get the glory. The sixth thing. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are desiring our prayers to line up with his character. That's a big one. There's a lot of things we can do, right? There's a lot of things we can pray for. There's a lot of things we can want. There's a lot of things our flesh may desire to do. But there's not a whole lot of those fleshly things that can be done with the name of Jesus. We can't lie or steal in Jesus' name. We can't ask God to bless adultery in Jesus' name. We can't ask God to bless sin in Jesus' name. We can't swear in Jesus' name. We can't ask God to bless our rage, our anger in Jesus' name. You know, we can say the words in Jesus' name and then add them to any prayer that we want. But if our prayer is not consistent with God's character, God's will, if it's not consistent with the word of God, we aren't praying in Jesus' name no matter what words we may use. His power is not going to be in it. He's not going to use that. He's not going to be glorified in that. He's not going to honor that. But to pray in Jesus' name means to pray with his authority, according to his will, with his approval, consistent with who he is. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray exactly what Jesus would pray in any particular situation we might be in. It means really praying as if Jesus were praying instead of us. Praying in Jesus' name. I want to ask you, you spent a little bit on it, do you think it's important to pray in Jesus' name? Yeah. So understanding this principle, what difference does it make in my life? What difference does it make in your life? Knowing, knowing this truth, being reminded of the need to pray in his name, how should it help us? Just a couple quick things and we're done here. The first thing, it should fill our prayers with praise. Our prayers should be full of praise. You know, instead of always praying selfishly, we can focus on praise and thanksgiving to God because through him we have access to the throne room of the universe. You have access to God. If you're a Christian and you have the privilege of praying in the name of Jesus, you have direct access to creator God. And if that doesn't make you grateful as you pray, we need to go back and think about it some more. It should fill us with praise. Second thing, it should drive us to the word of God. If we truly want to pray in his name the way he would have us to pray, where better 
can we learn how to do that but his word? But not the written word that he's given to us. We need to fill our heart with, his, with God's word. We need to, in our, in our prayers, we'll reflect the priorities of God. As you put yourself in a position to be under the preaching and teaching of the word of God, as you daily submit to and, and commit to reading the Bible and learning from the Bible, as you do those things, your prayers will more and more reflect the priorities God would have you to have. What does the Bible tell us in the 37th Psalm? Delight thyself also in the Lord, then what? And he shall give you the desires of thine heart. It should deepen our sense of total dependence on him. The third third thing it'll, it'll do for your prayer practically, as you pray, it should cause you to ask, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? You know, sometimes... As we pray, we, we, go, we go, I think, with good intentions, but we rush to God in prayer with the need, already deciding how God should handle the situation, already knowing exactly what's going to happen to make it the best situation. But as we truly pray in his name, we can recognize that maybe our way is not the best way. Maybe our solution is not the only solution. You know, most human situations are very confusing, and we can't be sure many times what the Lord would want us to do. We need to ask the Lord to show us what he wants us to do, and then pray what his will might be in that situation. And the fourth thing here, it should cause us to pray more for God's glory and less for our own gratification. And if we pray in Jesus' name, if we pray with that focus, practically applying this to our life, it will help us put our own needs, our own desires, in proper perspective. Because when Jesus is most honored, we will be most blessed. You know, there's no name like the name of Jesus. It's the only name that can save a soul. It's the name that's above every other name. And one day all of creation will bow down before his name. And in in that name we can bring our request to God knowing as we have this promise, whatever we ask in his name, he will do it for us. That's his promise. Take advantage of it. And be thankful that he ever intercedes on our behalf. Every head bowed, every eye closed.